Let me invite you, if you have a Bible in front of you, you can look a little more carefully at the passage Mary just read, particularly Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, verses 46 through 56. As you're turning there, let me ask you, what's your comfort level with spontaneous singing? Now, I don't particularly mean like, you know, those videos on YouTube where they plant people in malls or, you know, streets and they just sort of pop up and start some coordinated song and dance number. I'm thinking more like the kind of songs that just sort of come out of you all of a sudden because, because they need a place to go, right? They need to get out. I hope that at least every so often that, that actually happens for you, right? Whether it's singing in the shower, maybe it's when you're driving in your car, maybe it's, it's somewhere else. Um, I'm sure for many of us that's when we're by ourselves and we, we feel the, the safety of, of opening our, our mouths up to sing. There's a, there's a way in which singing can unlock things that are, that are in us, that are in our hearts and even kind of unlock our prayers in some, some pretty important ways. I had an experience just this week, a couple days ago. I was, um, I think, like many of, of you in this season of December, feeling stressed, feeling tired. Uh, I was carrying some, some discouragement around with me. And right as I was, I was uh, driving into the gym Thursday morning in my truck, and I had all these thoughts and questions and worries kind of bouncing around in my head. And then these, these feelings, right, that I was sort of carrying around in my body. And so as I was driving into the gym, I decided to put in, a, I still have a CD player in my truck, for those of you who remember what those look like. And I put in uh, an album that I used to listen to back in college by a band called Waterdeep. And a few minutes into my drive, I was listening to that worship music, and then I, I slowly started singing along to the music. And a few minutes after that, I started shouting along to the music, right? I just had to sort of get this stuff out of me. And a few minutes after that, I was, I was praying. I was even crying, right, in my truck, driving. But that, that 15, 20 minute drive, right, opened up a chance, a space for me to be with God. To, to let out things that needed to be let out, but also to, to know and to sense his closeness in a way that my own internal processing never could. Right? I, I needed a few minutes of spontaneous singing. This morning, as we're together as a community, as a church family, this, this service of lessons and carols provides us with a, a similar opportunity. We have sort of two gifts that are brought together in this one service. We have the gift of God's word being read to us, his promises, the things God wants us to hear and, and absorb. And we also have the gift of God's worship, of singing about who God is and what he's like. That's the service of lessons and carols. And the, the lesson that we just heard read by Mary, I think, does both of those things at once. Mary's Magnificat, which we just heard, that's the Latin word for the, the first word in that song, it means to magnify or to, to praise. 
It's both the word of God to us. It's, it's directly from the scriptures. But it's also a song. Mary is singing these words in Luke's gospel. It's a spontaneous outburst that, that she can't control. It just needs to come out of her. New Testament scholar David Garland compares Mary's song to a Broadway showstopper. Right? Some of us chuckle about in Broadway musicals how one minute you know, people are, are talking and acting normally and all of a sudden they're bursting out in song. But there's, there's an important part, right? In most Broadway musicals, there's one really big piece of music that usually comes right after a major plot development. And it is a, it's a show stopper, quite literally. It's put there to help stop the action and let us catch up with what just happened, to process what's just happened. And I think that's exactly what Mary's song is here. Right? In her story, the, the incredible plot twist that's just taken place is that God has chosen Mary to carry the Messiah of Israel in her womb. Right? God has invited Mary to participate in this incredible mission to bring the presence, the person of God into our world in a flesh and blood body. Before this, at, at the announcement of this plan from the angel Gabriel, Mary prays, let your word to me be fulfilled. Let it grow. Let it, let it, let it come to pass. But here in the Magnificat, this is Mary's opportunity now to take all the things she's been thinking and feeling since that moment. To let everything that's inside of her out through a song. Right, and she sings, My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God. For he who is mighty, has done great things for me. Holy, 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 holy is his name. Stop there. Thank you for singing with me. If you, that was a teaser for Christmas Eve. If you come back, you can hear that song again. But those are the lines Mary sings. They're how her song begins. And that first line, she says, the thing that she wants to do in that moment is to glorify or to magnify the Lord. Literally to make him bigger. To expand upon the Lord's greatness. And I kind of picture Mary's soul being like a magnifying glass, right? Lifted up, concentrated on the face of God, the person of God, the presence of God, so that it would, it would enlarge her view of who he is. We've talked about how prayer can be that for us. Our, our adoration of God, right, is like gazing upon God's face. That's how Mary's song begins. 
But if, if Mary's soul, on the one hand, is like a magnifying glass, focused on the glory of God, I, I have this sense that as she continues singing, right, it's like her whole person becomes a tuning fork, right? Mary is resonating, not only with the glory of God, but she says, with her understanding that he has the power to save with the salvation of God. Right? There, there's no backup band here. There's no YouTube track. There are no other instruments. Mary is the instrument of this song. Her physical body, right, is, is carrying, is bearing the presence of God in Jesus. And she says her whole soul and spirit also reverberate with God's saving power. In verse 47, she says, all of this is overwhelming to her to the point that, that she can't do anything but rejoice. The verb for rejoice in Greek quite literally means great leaping. If you did a, a, a literal translation. And we saw that leaping just a few moments before Mary started singing, right, in the in utero, John the Baptist jumping up and down inside of Elizabeth for joy. And now Mary's matching that movement in her song. She too is moved with joy because she remembers a God who saves, who has power and strength. I think all of us need moments like this to let our whole person rejoice and be moved and glorify who God is. Right? To, to resonate with his words for us, his promises, his strength, his compassion, his faithfulness. Right? We, we need times where we stop from whatever plot twist we're preoccupied with and to take a step back and to sing or to praise God or to give thanks or to dance or to weep or to do whatever it is you do when you know God is near to you. If verses 46 and 47 tell us what Mary does when she sings, if they tell us how she's feeling, beginning in verse 48, she explains why she feels that way. She identifies the source of her song. And Mary's song from that point on is a testament to God's mercy. The theme of Mary's song is about God's mercy. That a God so exalted, so glorious, so powerful should actually care about her and her situation. Right? Mary has every reason to feel vulnerable in this moment in her life. Right? She's betrothed to Joseph, not yet married. She's now pregnant with this unexpected child, which would be a cause for great anxiety. She's just taken a several-day journey from Nazareth down to Judea to visit Elizabeth. We might expect Mary to be exhausted. We might expect Mary to burst into tears of fear or worry. And maybe, maybe she had those moments too. But in this moment, what Mary's soul sings about is being remembered by God, regarded by God, 
being blessed by the God of mercy. She says, the mighty one, the holy one of Israel has done great things for me. Right? Many, many would be tempted to overlook Mary as a youth. They would overlook her because she is a woman. They would overlook her because she is a Jew in a, in a, in a, a state that is occupied by the Roman Empire. But where everyone else would disregard Mary, the Lord pays special attention to her. In fact, she says the Lord acknowledges her and cares for her because of her humble state. The angel Gabriel said repeatedly in his visit to her that the Lord actually favors her in a way maybe no one else has been favored in human history. All generations to come will call her blessed. But as her song continues into verse 51, Mary says the mercy and love of God is bigger than just her. The mercy of God is for all people. We can see the mercy of God in Israel's story, in Israel's past. We can see God's mercy in what is yet to come. She says from generation to generation, the God of mercy comes to all of us. She says God demonstrates his mercy by entering into human history and resisting human arrogance and oppression. Mary sings about God's mighty deeds and his strong arm, she says, to scatter the proud, to dethrone rulers who are corrupt, and to rebuke the rich and the arrogant. This is God's mercy. Mary knows what her God did to the Pharaoh in Egypt, how he, he toppled that incredible power in order that Israel might be released and brought out from slavery and might become the treasured possession of God. This is God's mercy. Mary remembers how God fed the hungry in the wilderness and how he kept his promise to Abraham's descendants that he would supply them with a land of their own to live in. Right? This is God's mercy. And now Mary anticipates in her song that the child in her womb, Jesus, will affect a new exodus. He too will lead a people out of bondage and slavery. He too will cause corrupt kingdoms to fall. He too will share God's heart for the castoffs, for the vulnerable. He too will feed the hungry. The child in Mary's womb will embody God's mercy. Right? Jesus will be mercy made flesh. God with us, God for us. And that's why Mary sings. This morning, as we continue with our lessons and carols, let us magnify the God who has come to be with us. Let us rejoice that he is a God who was, and a God who is, and a God who will save. He's a God who regards each one of us, and he knows 
how each of us desperately need his mercy. And as your heart is so moved, let me invite you to offer your own spontaneous songs this morning. Amen.